I am so pleased to be able to welcome Matt Johnson to our congregation today. I first encountered Matt when he was on staff at the Andover United Methodist Church, where he served in the area of spiritual formation and missions. Since that time, I followed from afar, but as our congregation has become involved in the neighboring movement, we have begun to experience firsthand the leadership that he has brought to the neighboring movement in South Central Wichita. Matt is one of the co-founders of the SOCI neighboring movement in Wichita, and his work with that movement includes hosting a podcast entitled The Neighbor Next Door. He also creates content for the Good Neighbor Experience Experiment curriculum, which we are involved with. And he also washes dishes. In addition to his work at the Neighboring Movement, Matthew is a spiritual director. He serves as an adjunct professor at Friends University in the Christian Spiritual Formation Department. He is also author of a recent book entitled Worship, which is a part of the Holy Living series from Abington Press. I could go on and on. But it is our privilege to uh, welcome him warmly as he continues uh, to lead us in our sermon series on the neighboring movement. Matt, we welcome you and hear you gladly. Good morning. Well, let me... uh, First of all, say that in that introduction, really, truly, the thing I am most proud of is that I'm the one who washes the dishes at the office. Um, I don't know about you, but I mean, we can do a lot of things in our lives, but what matters most is that there's a clean coffee cup when you need one, right? And I'm that guy. That's... uh, um, I also, uh, I want to begin just by saying uh, how good it is to be here with all of you sharing in this time. Um, it's such a blessing to be a part of worship with you all. Um, I appreciate the band, and uh, the music is great um, and lifting my spirits, so thank you guys for that. Um, and also, uh, you know, I've, I've been here before, but I've, I've never joined you all for worship. And it's, it's so good for my soul to hear what's happening in this space. Um, things like the the labyrinth, um, the missions work, um, the connecting that's happening, as well as the partnership that we have now with you all uh, as the congregation does the Good Neighbor Experiment. All of this is just very encouraging to me. And so if you don't hear anything else that I have to say this morning, I do hope that you will hear my gratitude and just enthusiasm and cheerleading for you all uh, in, in what's happening in this space, that God is at work in your midst. Um, so I appreciate that and just want to offer that kind of word of response uh, before I jump in. Um, so let me offer a prayer uh, just, just to ask God for a little bit of help and then share a few thoughts on neighbor relationships. Will you pray with me?
Gracious God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this place and for each person gathered here. I pray, God, that, um, that you would guide this time. That you would filter out words that I don't need to say. And that you would underscore and highlight those words that we really need to hear this morning. May we not only hear them, but may they be planted in our hearts as we grow um, as your people. And so, God, I ask all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let me start with a confession, which may be helpful. I'm not a great neighbor. Now, at this point, you may want me to leave. (laughs) Why in the world would someone start an organization called the Neighboring Movement if they're not a great neighbor? But I want you to know, I'm not a great neighbor. I'm I'm not perfect at neighboring. Um, I like my living room. I really enjoy Netflix and hanging out inside. And, and I have been known on occasion when one of my neighbors knocks on my door to sit real still and hope they don't know that I'm here right now. So I come to you today as a person who uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not what I would call a neighboring rock star. And at the same time, I also want to name that I fully believe that right now in this room, there are folks who are already great neighbors. I bet there are those of you who already know the names of most, maybe even all of the people who live close to you. And not only do you know their names, but you could tell me some of their stories and you know their history. You know what they care about and what they love to do. So I enter this morning... Um, with humility, not as the person who's the, the guru of neighboring, um, but as someone to come alongside. And I hope to encourage you that if you're a good neighbor, that you will feel encouraged like, yes, what you're doing matters. And if you're like me, and maybe you're not a great neighbor and you struggle with it, I hope that I could give you some tools and some encouragement to step out to step out and try uh, growing as a neighbor. Now, the reason that I do this and the reason that it matters so much to me is because a few years ago, um, the Holy Spirit really started me on an adventure, an adventure of getting to know the people that live close to me, learning their names, listening to their stories, investing time to be present with them, It was uncomfortable for me. It wasn't easy. Uh, We like to say that we all have a neighboring muscle. And my neighboring muscle was puny. (laughs) It had atrophied, right? But here's the thing. As I've been living on this adventure, as I've been following the Spirit's leading, as I've been building relationships with my neighbors, it has changed my life for the better. 
And I can tell you now I would never go back. I would never go back to the days when I was isolated and didn't pay attention to who my neighbors were. Because thanks to my neighbors, whom I care about and love, I have come to love where I live in a way that I never have before. And when I talk to folks about neighboring, what I hope is that you will find a similar love in your own life, a love for where you live, a love for the people around you, and that you will meet Jesus in your neighbors the way that I have met Jesus in my neighbors. So that's why I'm here. And today I want to talk a little bit about neighboring relationships. And I really want to talk about why is it so hard? What are the challenges that we face when it comes to having relationships with our neighbors? Because it is surprisingly difficult. So if you've struggled with that, if you've ever found that it's a little bit awkward or intimidating to reach out and introduce yourself to a neighbor, or if you've ever felt like, I really just want to chill out in my house and not interact, then uh, I hope that what I have to share today will, will be helpful to you. Because we live in a society that actually has some false narratives about neighboring. We live in a society that has some false beliefs about neighboring. And I think that we, as the people of Christ, have a unique role to shine a light on those false narratives and to invite people to live uh, differently. Now, one of those false narratives is this belief that our neighbors don't want to know us. Our neighbors don't want to know us. Surprisingly, in research after research, when people are asked, do you think that your neighbors would want to talk with you? Most people say, no, I don't think so, right? I don't want to be a bother. Or if I go introduce myself to them, they're going to think I'm weird. Anybody ever thought that? Or like one good friend of mine, she said she was talking to her sister about this, and her sister said, yeah, you know, there's a song for weird neighbors. It goes like this. Like a good neighbor, stay over there. <laughs> but that's false. Okay? In actual research done, most folks actually want to know their neighbors. And do you know why they don't know their neighbors? Because they believe the lie and they think their neighbors don't want to know them. Most folks actually would like to know their neighbors. We, as the people of Christ, who have been challenged by God to love our neighbor as ourselves, we could be the ones who step over that, that lie, to reach out to people. I'm seeing it firsthand right now. In our neighborhood, the South Central neighborhood, which uh, is just south of downtown, and if you're not sure where that is, the center of my neighborhood is Broadway. So if you're familiar with Broadway, you might know kind of how people feel about my neighborhood. Some people are scared of my neighborhood. But we love it, actually. And my neighborhood, I have learned, is full of gifts. It's full of gifted people, wonderful people. And we're doing the thing this summer. We're asking our neighbors just to meet 
the eight neighbors that live close to them. Um, so we're talking to about 450 households each week. And guess what? People, people are responding positively. It's not a faith-based thing. We're just saying, you know, we think it might help our neighborhood to, to be safer and stronger and healthier. And folks that we're talking to are saying, yeah, you know what? That makes sense. I think that's a good idea. I'll be a part of it. It's in people, right? They just need that invitation. And I think that we, as Christ followers, could offer that to folks. So that's the first challenge to neighboring, is this false belief, right? Now another false belief that challenges neighboring is what I would call rugged individualism. I don't know about you, but I have grown up with this image in my mind that if I'm a good person, if I'm healthy, then I should never need help from anyone. Anybody else relate to that message? Rugged individualism. Now, again, that belief is a lie. The truth is that all of humanity has been created in the image of God. And we know that God is not alone, right? We worship and serve a Trinitarian God who has forever been in relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the image that we are created in. That's, our, that's what we're made for. And so the invitation for you and I is to live into that as well. To live into relationship. Um, in fact, I heard a, just a wonderful podcast. It was actually on burnout. And in the midst of the podcast, the person said, you know, there's this, this myth that we tell ourselves when we face something difficult. We tell ourselves, oh, I just need to lean into it, right? Lean into that hard thing. And then she said, you know, we've got that wrong. When we face something difficult, instead of leaning in, we need to lean on each other. Lean on each other. I love that phrase. And that's why the great Bill Withers Right? He wrote the national anthem of neighboring, right? Lean on me, right? When you're not strong, and I'll be your friend, I'll help you carry on. So we need to debunk that myth about rugged individualism. The truth is we were made to be in community. We were made to be in relationship. We were made to lean on each other. When we do that, we discover a fullness of life, richness, right? So in my neighborhood, on my block, I lean on my neighbors. We work together. My mower broke at the beginning of the summer. You know, back when the grass was growing like four inches a day, (laughs) my mower broke. My neighbor Mark knew this. And eventually he he mowed my yard for me because I couldn't get it fixed in time. It's little things like that, right? And notice in that story who's being a good neighbor. Is it me, the guy preaching about neighboring? No, it's my neighbor Mark. He's the good neighbor in that story. So there's mutuality 
in our neighboring relationships. It's not us always being the, the, the giver. It's not us always being the one who's saving, right? Oftentimes, our neighbors are there for us. They're the ones who help us. My neighbor, Diane, I'm so grateful uh, when I'm at work and the phone rings and it's her and she'll say, Matt, you just got a package delivered. Do you want me to bring it inside? <laughs> yes. This is the beauty, the simplicity of neighboring. Those small gestures of connection and care that help us know that we are not alone. It's the reason that I'm convinced that when Jesus says that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves, he's not giving us another rule that we need to follow. He's extending to us an invitation. An invitation to an abundant life. That is what I have discovered in my journey. This is the invitation to an abundant life. Now, there's one more obstacle to our neighboring that I want to talk about. And it's one that is hidden in plain sight. That's why, to me, it feels so important. And that is the element of design. The element of design. Now, Design shows up in everything, right? Um, Our coffee maker is designed by someone. Our smartphones are designed by people. Also, where we see it, um, where we're most familiar with it often is in our architecture. The way things are designed, uh, like our homes. And design shows up in an interesting way in the way that it impacts our neighboring. Because design guides our actions. In other words, as human beings, we, we, th- we think that we're making decisions all the time, but actually we usually just kind of go with what's easiest. Design guides us. And we see this in neighboring. It's really shocking. Because if you think about a home that was built, let's say, 100 years ago, You can probably picture it, right? It's got a big porch, maybe even a wraparound porch. Why? Because there was no air conditioning. So when it was 150 degrees, like it's going to be today, (laughs) you needed a shady place that you could go to. So folks would sit out on their front porch, right? They'd drink something cold. And who else would be out there? Their neighbors, Naturally, easily, without even thinking too much about it, there was space for interaction. How's it going? How are you guys doing? How's it going at work? How are the kids, right? Those types of interactions. And that was a default action. They didn't have to think about it. Now contrast that for a moment with the home that's been recently built. I can picture it so clearly in my mind. Instead of a large front porch... What faces the street is the garage doors. And there's a nice driveway, and off of the driveway, there's a a little sidewalk that wraps around to the front door. And instead of a big front porch, there's just a kind of a small front porch, right? But that's not all. It's a lovely yard. And in the back, there's a really nice deck, a lovely deck probably a nice barbecue there, beautiful lawn, and then guess what wraps around that yard? 
a privacy fence. Now, those, that's a design. And the, that design uh, makes it harder to neighbor. Now, I'm telling you this, if you live in a home like that, and please hear me, <laughs> that does not make you a bad person, right? I don't believe anybody ever moved into one of those homes thinking, you know what, I would really like to weaken the social fabric of my community, so I'm going to buy a house like this, right? No. I mean, they're beautiful homes, and, and we saw in those homes, right, like what that could be like to have that kind of home. But what I'm telling you is that as human beings, if we're sitting there with our cup of coffee on a beautiful morning and we're thinking, I'd like to sit outside somewhere and drink my coffee, we won't think too much about it. We will default to the back deck, to the lawn chair, to have our coffee. And so as human beings, we can also change design. So I want to encourage you to think about if your home isn't designed well for neighboring, are there any design changes that you can make? Now, I'm not saying you need to demolish your garage and build a porch, but small things will do. So, for example, um, my house, which was built in 1938, but actually doesn't have a big front porch, uh, so we put lawn chairs in the front yard, in the shade, so that it's a nice space to sit and hang out, right? To have a cup of coffee. Uh, other folks plant gardens in their front yard because they love to garden. And by being in their front yard doing something that they love, suddenly we, we may bump into a neighbor because part of neighbor relationships is just being present. It's just being present. So I don't want you to feel like, oh, to be a good neighbor, I have to go do something really dramatic. Look for those small changes that you could make, like planting a flower bed or even a hobby that you could do in your front yard. All of these things help us become more present and potentially nurture relationships with our neighbors. Now, this is where our scripture passage comes in for today, something that I had never noticed until I began thinking about design. You see, after Pentecost, and it says, those who believed, they took very specific actions. They redesigned their lives around the truth they had discovered. They had all things in common. They lived life together. I have reached a point where I believe that my neighbor relationships is part of the good life of living in the here and now in the kingdom of God. And I believe it so much that I have designed my life around that truth. I have taken action in that direction. And I want to encourage you to do the same. One last kind of encouragement. Um, I used to have a neighbor named Fred. And it was through Fred that I really learned how much neighboring can change our lives because Fred was an incredible neighbor. Um, Fred was the kind of neighbor who had a garage full of tools and wanted you to borrow any of them anytime you needed. 
Fred lived at home alone, but he loved to cook. So rather than cutting down on portions, he fixed a regular amount, and then he would call neighbors and offer them food. And he was hilarious about it too. You'd answer the phone. He wouldn't even introduce himself. He'd just say, your dinner's ready. Click. (laughs) And we'd go over and he'd have plates of food ready, covered in foil. We'd chat for a few minutes and then come home. And when Fred passed away, he lived into his 80s. When Fred passed away, the funeral service was was far away, and none of the neighbors could make the trip out there for the service. And someone suggested, well, we should have a potluck on the block in honor of Fred. I thought, wow, that's a great idea. So we gathered together one Friday night. People brought their favorite food. And before we ate, they said, you know, this may sound a little bit awkward, but does anybody have a good Fred story they'd like to share? And my neighbor, Mark, I mean, he was on it immediately. He had this great story he told about Fred. And it just opened the floodgates. After Mark, another neighbor shared, and then another neighbor, and then some of Fred's family. And after an hour of laughter and tears and remembering, we ate together. And I look back on that story now, and I can see why Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. It's not another rule to follow. It's an invitation into the reality of the kingdom of God. It's an invitation into the life of abundance that Jesus wants us to live. Because God loves us that much. So I offer you that. I hope, I hope that you will feel both challenged and encouraged. That we would go from this place and love our neighbors as ourselves. Amen? Amen.